Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest, from every time I die, Andy Williams. And now, here's your host, Rob Hasmani. Welcome to episode number five of the Squared Circle Pit. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And you can, of course, keep up with us on social media. We're Squared Circle Pit on Facebook and at Squared Circle Pit without the E in circle on Twitter. I'm very excited about my special guest this week. It's Andy Williams of Every Time I Die. Andy, dare I say it, is a bigger wrestling fan than I am. Uh, I just got off the phone with Andy. This is the first interview I haven't done in person on Squared Circle Pit, but we this is definitely the longest interview. We talked for over an hour, and Andy, of course, if you're not familiar, uh, Andy plays in Every Time I Die and also has been training to be a pro wrestler and just recently had his first pro wrestling match. So it was fascinating to talk to him, not just about, you know, really underground wrestling, which if you... Just watch WWE, you might get a little lost, or you might uh, find some inspiration of things to look up on the internet of like really great wrestlers you might not be familiar with. But beyond that, it was also interesting hearing his perspective on training to be a wrestler and, and the comparisons of being a wrestler to being a guitarist in a very prominent uh, uh, rock band. So, uh, let, you know what, I'm not, I'm not gonna keep talking because there's so much conversation to get to. Let's just get to Andy Williams of Every Time I Die right now. Now entering the squared circle pit is Every Time I Die guitarist and also professional wrestler, one half of the Pythons tag team. It's Andy Williams. Did I get that? Is it the tag team called Pythons? Did I get that right? Yeah, there's like, there's like a, yeah, it's like a tag team. It's like, it's been a tag team since we were like 12 years old. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. And I go through the backyards of North Tonawana, New York numerous other areas and then it, it actually turned into an actual thing just way later we took 20 years off and then decided to start when we were like in our late 30s again <laughs> well i like it that's the time to do it yeah perfect time right <laughs> when your body is in peak physical fit and uh, uh shape well i will say i ha i follow you on instagram and your body i would say is in peak physical shape right now you've really uh, uh got it together uh, what yeah, yeah. what was the impetus? You know, we're going to talk about how you got into wrestling in a little bit, but I'm just curious. Like in the last few years, what was the impetus to finally, like, get like huge and start trying to take wrestling a little more seriously? Oh, uh, I I think it, like I it's really funny, man. I went I I went on a date last night and like a the girl kind of like asked me the same question. It was like a, a girl that I've known for a couple of years in, in Buffalo, and she's like, "You kind of went from like a big guy." to like being a big guy that's like now in shape and like what was the thing and it, it literally like a couple of years ago I think it was like, fuck, like 2010 or something like that I like just had this I literally just gave up I was just like alright well my body feels like shit like touring kills me uh, you know my knees aren't getting any better my ankles aren't getting any better my hips aren't getting any better like you know like sleeping in a van and it was just like well I'm just that guy. And I literally like cashed out. I was like, I found like, you know, like when you see like an uncle that just like goes and buys like the bulkiest, biggest like uncle shoe. <laughs> and it's just like for comfort. Like he doesn't care what it looks like. Yeah. It's just, it's big and white. 
I like turned into that. I was like, oh, well, these shoes are super comfortable. My feet don't hurt. Uh, you know, and it was just like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm a guitar player in a band and I've like messed my body up so much from like head banging and just jumping off stage. And like, you know, I would like every time I die and Dillinger are like the closest things to like ECW wrestling in the music scene where like, it's just, we're nonstop moving going in the crowd, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to, I'm that guy. I'm going to be, I'm Jack Victory now. Like that's basically <laughs> like, like every time I die, it's going to come on stage. They're just going to wheel me out there. I'll take one big bump and then like wheel me back out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, it was just like that. And then uh, it was literally CM Punk. Like, like, like he quit the, the WWE and then no one really knew what he was doing. And then he was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to be a UFC fighter. And it was like, um, you know, if you're like a, I guess if you're like a straight edge dude in a band, punk always would reach out to you. Like always would, would find a way to like reach out to you regardless if he liked your band or not, he would like reach out to you and just be like, Hey, check it out. Like, Smackdown's in town tonight and you're playing if you guys want to come I'll, I'll put you guys on the, on the list or whatever and um, and just a couple of years ago he like reached his hand out and like we kind of like would talk via uh, like email and text message and like we never met like face to face it was just like whatever and like in that time when he like retired we like met and then he announced that he was gonna, gonna do the UFC thing and it was just some random thing where I was like, man, that's like super inspirational that this dude is like close to my age. And instead of like just cashing it in and saying like, well, fuck it. He's now going to get punched and fucking, he's getting kicked and fucking subbed for real. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's not like he's doing it at like a low level. He's doing it at the highest level possible. And, and it, it's lame to say, but it was like, that was like so inspirational. I was just like, holy shit, like, fuck this, man. I've always wanted to wrestle. And like, if this dude can do it at that age and he's going to try to step up, then I'm going to step up. And I've always wanted to wrestle. So like, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? When I was 19, I went to wrestling school, but then I blew my knee out and started a band and I've been doing the band ever since. So like, <clears throat> it just never was a thing. And then it was just kind of like a bucket list thing. Like I'm Morgan Freeman and I'm just, I'm trying to get this, this bucket list in. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I was like, well, fuck this, man. I'm not laying back. And then I, I literally went. I saw doctors, got some shit corrected. And then, uh, you know, and it was nothing like surgery-wise. It was just basically like, hey, like, you need to fucking eat right. You need to just take your body more seriously. Like, you have, like, these little injuries everywhere. And just doing these stretches or, you know, applying a different type of workout correct this stuff and like that's all I did and like it literally went from like like literally working out like twice a week to like working out five six times a week and like I'm the guy that will like get up at like if we have to get in the van and drive to the show at nine o'clock I'm up at five and I get to a gym do my thing get back drive to the show get to the show do my thing and then like go try to sleep as fast as I possibly can to try to get it in the next day. Or like there's times where like, um, I'm trying to think where we played the Palladium 
not that long ago. Like, not Metal Fest. I can't remember what we played, but we played downstairs, and the show was, like, big. And, like, I got off stage, grabbed my bag, went to a gym. Like, the minute I got off stage, I had wow. a car waiting for me outside and went, <laughs> got a you know, pump in. And then, like, it's just now it's, like, I, I'm trying to stay as focused as possible. And it's actually helping me tour. Like, we're starting to get to that point where, like, other things are starting to get more important than like what basically is financially making us live. Which you know what I'm touring. saying? Like there's families getting involved and like people are having children and like everyone's trying to find this other outlet of like, Hey, you know what? Touring might need to slow down a little bit. And then you realize that like you're in every time I die, which is like 300 shows a year for the last 18 years. Uh, and you're like, well, we can't do that. Like, we're not the type of band to do that. If we're going to scale back, we're scaling back to, like, 250. and uh, Which is still you know, a lot. <laughs> that's, it's insane, that's man. Like, it, it, yeah. it really is crazy. And, like, but that's just the way this band's always, it's always worked. And, like, it's, you know, like, at this point in time, like, financially, that's, you know, a lot of what the money we make is, is from touring. Right. So, um so this is you know, kind of like you you don't have kids you you, you I'm assuming you don't have exactly okay so this is your uh, like side project if you that, will that's exactly how I'm looking at it. yeah yeah uh, well it's actually it's really cool I, I'm pretty fascinated that uh, the inspiration for you was CM Punk quitting yeah. and just and just hanging out with him and stuff and, and then like that's kind of what motivated you because I myself am also trying to uh, get into a bit of shape and, and like yeah. doing weightlifting I go three times a week. Uh, I, and it's it's definitely like there's like something meditative about it. I always say where it's just Dude, like that's, I'm telling you what, man. When you're around, like in in the metal, like because this is a metal and wrestling podcast, mm-hmm. it's yeah, easy because we can cross both sides. We come from a, such a negative area, and I'm not going to drop some like positivity fucking like secret shit. It's not anything like that. But like coming from a world where like you have bands that say like fuck everything and fuck this and like nobody there's literally nobody on each other's backs and they they talk about how there's a brotherhood in this shit everybody wants to stab everyone in the back and it's so negative everybody talks shit about everybody dude the minute you can step away from it when you're on tour and you're around the shit constantly the minute you can step away and take your mind out of that world and put it somewhere else it's so fucking good. And it is a meditation thing. Like, you can get to the gym and just work on yourself. It, like, you come back and it's almost like you have a you have a shield around you from that shit. So, like, if people are just negative, you're just like, fuck, man. Like, I did the most positive thing I could possibly do for my body. I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care how many fucking records you've sold. I don't give a fuck how many people are seeing your band play or my band play. I'm going to fucking rock the kids that are here. And that's what matters. Agreed. Like here and now is what matters. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. so nice to like just, and with wrestling, it's like, it's, it's so similar to being in a band. Like every, like the venues are the same, but the, like having to work out is the same. Like going to like, eat is the same like everything is the same you can equate everything from like touring in a band to like wrestling now that like i'm on both sides where it's like 
Sure. I'll talk to dudes I've never met before, and I'm just like, yo, where do you wrestle when you're there? And then they say it, and it's like, holy shit, do you meet at that place around the corner, like, every time? Holy cow. You know, like, it's yeah. so crazy. You know, it's so similar. Yeah, speaking of the Palladium, like, right next door is the DTE Center, and that's where, like, WWE does house shows. Yeah. So it's, like, right there. Uh, yeah. That's so funny that you said that, and, like, back to the, the shit-talking, I always say that, like, the, your, your, your only competition is yourself. Like, like yeah. the only way you can't like compare yourself to others. You only compare yourself to like how, where your success is and how you could increase that. So I, I totally agree with that, that stuff. And, yeah. and so like, I'm wondering now, like, so if we could just like, we'll get into some older stuff, but this is just really interesting to me. Like okay. now that, now that you're like, kind of like, uh, watching your, you're working on your physique so to speak, like, have you changed up your diet and, and, and like, are you like, like serious about that stuff? And like, what keeps you going with that? Like what makes, what prevents you from like, just be like, fuck it. I'm going to eat shitty now. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I think the big, the big thing with that too is like, they call them like that, you know, like everybody calls them like cheat days. Dude, I sound like I'm, dude, I sound like I'm a Tony, Tony Robbins type dude. <laughs> not I, at I all. From, I hate talking like this. Cause I'm not like the type of guy that's like, I, I, I do believe everybody's body's different. So, like, if powerlifting is something that works for me, it might not work for you. If, you know, CrossFit might be something that works for you. If CrossFit isn't what works for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, with, like, diet, man, I, I literally cut sugar, like, completely out. And, uh, and like, it, and I do, a, like, it's not basically, like, I don't do a certain, I don't count my macros or anything like that. But I stay away from anti-inflammatories. Like, or, like, or, uh, I stay away from inflammatory, like, foods. Like, anything that's going to keep my joints inflamed. Uh, like, what, like, like what are some examples of, of Like, bread. Like, like, stuff like that. Like, bread. Uh, I eat a lot of, like, if I do eat, um, like, I don't stay away from carbs. Like, I'm not one of those people. But, like, I won't eat, like, enriched flours and oh, stuff see. like that. So, like, so bad carbs. Like, what people call yeah. bad carbs. It'll yeah. just stay and just, like, especially, dude, especially the tour, man. Like, once I cut that shit out, like, Metallica neck didn't happen. Like, the first day, I remember, like, playing a show and, like, that first three sh shows of the tour, you're like, oh, my God. Like, you can't move your neck. We call it Metallica neck. Yeah. But, like, uh, or, like, bang over, people call it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of just went away. Interesting. Like, yeah, I, I, I noticed that, it. too. Like, uh, I did a, a slow-carb diet for a while where I would just not eat carbs six days and then one day kind of, like, go yeah. nuts with it. And I would notice when I'd get back on the carbs, like, I would feel so much shittier after eating and, like, so much yeah, more man. full. And you really notice the difference in in what it is. But let, let's get back to wrestling. So okay. my, <laughs> my, my favorite, my, fir you, my first question typically, even though we're already 15 minutes in here, is... Uh, how did you first get into, what are your first memories of wrestling? My first memories of wrestling, uh, my sister's, my sister's six years older than me. And, um, she had this boyfriend, uh, that best friend was the captain of the wrestling team. And his name was John Lewis. And like, so like they would come over and hang out and like, obviously John Lewis would be like the third wheel. Right. So like, my sister and like this dude would go hang whatever you know i'm not judging my sister she was a, a wild teenager at the time <laughs> god only knows what they were doing but john lewis would like sit with me and he'd be like hey do you mind if i turn this on and i would be like oh no like you know and then he would turn on nwa wrestling so like my first a lot of people will go oh you know it was hulk hogan or yeah 
you know, I saw Ultimate Warrior or something like that. Mine was like I got I remember the very first match I ever saw where me and John Lewis sat down and watched NWA wrestling. It was um, Midnight Express versus Road, uh, Road Warriors. In the wow. Match. Oh, wow. That was, the first, that was the first match I ever watched. That's crazy. And, dude, it was killer. And I was in. I was like, who the fuck are these dudes? Like, <laughs> I want everything to do with these two behemoths with face paint on. And how old were you and, at like, the time? Man, I was probably at that time. I think my sister was seventeen, so I've been like twelve. Okay. And uh, but I, I mean, I'd, I'd watched like wrestling before that. I just didn't get it. Like, I, like not saying I didn't get it, but I was like, uh, it didn't grab you. Yeah, it didn't grab me like this. Like when I saw the Road Warriors, I mean, it was just boom, hook, line, sinker. And then I saw the Steiners like right after that, and like the whole dog face gremlin like gimmick. Like I had pictures of Rick Steiner on my wall. Like, people would come over and be like, who is this dude? And I'm just like, fucking no dog-faced gremlin, Rick Steiner. This is my hero. <laughs> yeah, and, like, that John Lewis dude got all the magazines. So, like, he would read them and then give me stacks. So, like, I was reading about dudes. Like, I, I remember reading about, like, like, before anyone even knew, like, about, like, Masawa and fucking Takata and all those dudes, like, in, the, in like, 94, 93. Like, I would go to high school. And I would bring these, you know, I would, I, like, after my sister, like, broke up with that dude, I would still buy the magazines. Like, I knew they existed. You know what I mean? From yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. But I would, like, look at pictures. And I remember I remember getting an actual fistfights when I was a kid, like, 12, 13 years old, about dudes who loved Hogan. And I would be like, no, Ric Flair is the real champion. And, <laughs> That's like, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, seeing pictures of Ric Flair, and I'm just like, Hogan doesn't wear, like, rhinestone. Like, look at this guy. Yeah, I guess the real champion—that's what champion looks like. And also, Hogan you know? couldn't Hogan couldn't work. Like Flair actually had entertaining matches. Hogan had the same yeah. match over and over again. The four, yeah, he would do his four moves, you know. And like, I just remember just every time I saw pictures. I, I remember I do. I had to do a, a paint. I remember like in art class, I had to do like a. They had us do this thing where like you would take a picture and then like paint, like the over the picture. Yeah, and I painted. Uh, it was it was Roddy versus uh, Roddy versus Greg Hammer Valentine in the in the chain match, the dog collar match. Oh, a classic. Yeah, and like it's the. Whole, I mean, you've probably seen the picture before. It's like Greg Hammer has the chain around his neck, and fucking Roddy's stepping on the back of his neck, like around the rope, and he's just yeah, yeah. everywhere. It's and a I, crimson I mask. <laughs> yeah, 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 everywhere. I mean, that that match is insane. Still to this day, that match. Yeah, I agree. I actually just rewatched it because uh, uh, we're getting uh, a friend of mine, my friend Noah. We're getting her into wrestling. She just yeah, got yeah. into it like around SummerSlam, so we're like giving her like a history lesson and being like, "Go back and watch oh. these matches." Yeah. And and like I watched that match from the first Starcade. It's on the WWE Network, and it's crazy how like it's thirty years old, but still one of like Brutal. the most hardcore matches Dude. I've ever seen. And like it, like it was real, like like scary real. Yeah, that's like 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 now with me, like training and stuff. Like it's a lot of it. Like it's it's so weird to me. Like because I'm so much older than all these dudes. And like when I train, like there's like kids who are like 22, 23, 24, and then like a 38 year old guy. You know what I mean? Right. You look pretty young so for like, 38, though. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I, you know, I'll sit there and like there's this one kid named Kevin Lock. He's the kid's gonna be fucking great 
he's so fucking he just gets it but he's got long hair and he's got tattoos and he's like obsessed with Stone Cold and he wants to be like Stone Cold I'm like dude you are Shawn Michaels right and he's just like there's no I don't want to I'm like dude like be that fucking guy like like you should I mean he was the sickest he's the best Arguably one of the best wrestlers that ever existed. I think, yeah, like the best modern wrestler. The best wrestler like, of like the 90s course, and the 2000s, course, for sure. So, like, I'll tell him, I'm like, dude, watch this match, watch this match, watch this match. And, like, it's so funny because he just, he'll, he has like a ton of stunners. He'll do stunners from everywhere. And it's just so funny. Like, and it's like, okay, well, you kind of have to just let him go. And it's, it's weird because you tell these kids, like, yo, watch. Watch Bruiser Brody versus um, um, Jake from, oh, from like all Japan. Like that match is insane, and like Brody is so over at that time, and Brody hated when dudes would give it back. So he would sit there and pummel. And that, dude, if you watch the scene, if anyone's listening to this, watch this match because you'll see the power of Brody at that time. Where like Murdoch gives it back. Brody doesn't like it. He gets out of the ring, jumps into the crowd, and the crowd parts. He stands on a fucking chair, and they're just hussing around him. <laughs> they're, like, terrified of him, and then the crowd is chanting huss, and that's how the match ends. There's wow. no winner. He just gets tired of, like, Murdoch throwing him around, and then he goes in the crowd, and it's so fucking cool. Like, I don't know why I said I just went on that ramp, but, yeah. Okay, let's get back to the <laughs> Yeah, no, it's cool. It's great. Like, for me personally, like, uh, growing up in New York, I only really had access to WWF at the time. So that's yeah. kind of, like, what I grew up in. But then I remember I would slowly discover, like, through, like, my video store, I'd get into WCW. And then, like, yeah. I, I'd, there was the WCW Worldwide, which was on, like, Sat Friday or Saturday mornings no, at, like, 1 a.m. you like Worldwide? I loved Worldwide. I loved it, dude. I, I'm so bummed that it's not on the network. Yeah, I don't think... Because, I feel like it, it never really will because it's it's just like jobber matches. It's so it was, obscure. But the, you need those. Yeah. That's how you build That's how you build character. That's how you build, like, a guy. Yeah. I, well, I feel like NXT is kind of doing that now where they, like, put yeah. in, like, a newer guy who hasn't been introduced on TV just to, like, lose to... Yeah. To I, just watched, uh, I just watched last night's NXT. Like, I just finished it, as you called. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they did that with No Way Jose last night. Yeah, they just had a you know they had that guy going in like, and like I I was like backing that dude. I was like, okay, I like I like this gimmick. Like you know he's like dancing and, and stuff. And then yeah. Eli coming out was like, dude, we gotta get into that. I let's just talk NXT first. Sure, let's talk NXT. <laughs> I fucking love that they're giving these dudes a shot. I love that Ey is getting a shot. I love that Austin Aries is getting a shot. And like. I like the fact that those dudes can kind of swallow a little bit of pride and take that route. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 the best route for them because it allows them to kind of show the upper management who obviously are not researching. They're, they're not watching TNA every week. They don't know who these people are. It kind of yeah. gives them a, a taste of what they can do. And I think that's the best thing for them. If they just Ooh. debuted in WWE, it wouldn't be as good. I love, I can't wait until Bob, I, like there's, I mean, Bobby Roode was at the at the next takeover. Yeah. Or, or at the last takeover. At I the Dallas one, yeah. Yeah, and like, I hope that he, he, that for years I thought that dude was like WWE ready. Yeah. 
That's how I felt about Nakamura, too, like, just watching him. I only really, really got into New Japan the last two or three years, and honestly, the reason I got into it was because of Nakamura, because I was like, I need to watch more of this guy, and and I was always like, man, I can't, like, could you imagine how great he would be in WWE? But I was like, it's never going to happen. He's not their style, and then, like, he's here, and I'm... I'm so pumped. Like, I, I, I'm genuinely very, very excited. The most excited I've been in a while. The big question mark, though, is, like, now you, you have arguably the biggest Japanese wrestler, right? I mean, yeah. not, like, Tanahashi and Okada are, like, are huge. Well, the most charismatic. Like, we, we could, of course. There's no argument there. <laughs> but yeah. you, a couple years ago, you took the biggest Japanese wrestler, and he's been hurt. So, like, when Kenta comes back, like, what are they going to do? Well, I, I I agree. Like my first thought was like I feel bad for Kenta now that uh, 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 Nakamura is in, but I feel like Kenta wasn't as big as Nakamura. Like Kenta, Aww. Kenta was never Kenta was doing Noah. He wasn't in New Japan. Like I yeah. I love Kenta. I love Kenta. And also yeah. his pro- Kenta's problem is he's not as like outgoing. He's more he's just like a wrestler, like a wrestler's wrestler. Of course. But I love yeah. him, and I, I really hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle, too, because I was very excited to see him come over, and I think he is an awesome wrestler. And, like, to your point, we were saying with, like, Eric Young showing up and whatever, I, I totally echo those sentiments, because I remember, like, maybe a decade ago now, a little less than a decade ago, I would go to every Ring of Honor show in the area, and, I mean, like, I saw Joe and Aries and, and all these guys cut their teeth, and it's, like, surreal to me now like 10 years later being like, man, finally Joe's getting a shot. Yeah. Like Joe is so Crazy, awesome. right? Yeah, because like Joe Kobashi, I was there live for Joe versus Kobashi yeah. in New York. And it was... I, by what, the way, I would have cried. Kobashi is my favorite wrestler of all time. I, I, like at the time, I'm going to be completely... Like I it barely registered. Like I knew this yeah. guy was like a big deal, but I didn't like know who he was. But like it was the most marked out I've ever been yeah. watching wrestling live. And it's like... If you watch the match, there's no high spots, there's no table spots, there's no barbed wire. It's just two dudes punching and chopping each other yeah. for 20 minutes, and it's awesome. It's great. It's amazing. Dude, people think I'm like a sadist because I'll, in, in like training and stuff like that, like I'll tell dudes, I'm like, dude, chop me. Like, chop the shit out of me. I don't give a fuck. Like, you need to get better at it, and if you need to get better at it, you have to do it. So just fucking do it. And like, Dudes are just like, you want me to sit? I'm like, dude, fucking chop me and just fucking elbow the shit out of me. Like, if that's what you want to do, like, you're going to go in, you're going to wrestle a match, and it's going to look weak as fuck. And dudes are going to fucking just laugh at you. You know what I mean? Like, if I was in a match and a dude chopped me weak, I would fucking hit them as hard as I could so they would hit me as hard as they could. You know what I mean? Just to, like, get it out of them. And I tell these dudes, like, at training, I'm just like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on tour in, like, two months, and you guys are going to keep wrestling. So, like... Just do it now. Get give me what I want. You know, like, <laughs> I want these strong fucking Japanese matches. I need to, you know, I need to like brace myself and take this shit. Yeah. So like, just fucking chop me and like, and then again, like I'll tell them like, dude, watch Kobashi versus uh, Sasaki, and just watch them go toe to toe for two and a half minutes on chops. And like, it gets to a point where dudes' chests are bleeding. Like yeah. that's what I want. That's <laughs> what I aspire out of. I want someone to bring that like. And give me it. You know what I mean? Those are intense. Those Japanese matches, especially like the early '90s, like Masawa Kawada. Like I, I want. Like those are just like almost a little hard to watch because it's just Dude, like it's not next. It's 
their necks are are all callous. I feel because all they do <laughs> yeah. is just drop each other with like tiger suplexes, and yeah. like and they don't tuck their head in. They're landing right on their fucking neck. It's 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 painful to watch. It's a little disturbing, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, do you ever go to Do you ever go to CZW matches? No, that's kind of close. I'm I'm not really into uh, like deathmatch stuff. Deathmatch, yeah, like that. Like for me, I kind of look at like wrestling is sort of an art form. Like I love strong style, and I understand that's more stiff. But to me, it's of like course. I'm not about like the intentional. Like yeah. like I can't like I can't get into a dude like like cutting another guy. You know, legitimately. Yeah. You know, like that. Yeah, yeah. But I, which is not to say that's all that CZW is, but I, I've just never, I've never gotten into it. Like, I've got, gonna, sorry, go ahead. What I was going to bring up is like the weirdness of like how those dudes were, and I'm sure this probably happened before, you just don't hear about it because you just assume. So they do that like the, uh, like the King of the Death match like every yeah. year or what is it? Uh, best of the of Best death? or something? Yeah, Cage of Death. Yeah. yeah. And like, they'll do like the glass, like the playing glass and, and all that stuff and like, Dudes will, and it happens all day. You know, like it's an all, like an all day thing. Yeah, yeah. And you never hear of like arteries getting hit or anything like that. And then like, I don't know if you watch Lucha Underground. Yeah. But like that, like Jeff Cobb is that. I guess I. Mantaza. But like, yeah, like uh, Mantaza Cuero, or Cueto hit the the glass and like cut his wrist and yeah. like cut an artery. Yeah, he pulled so, the like, Goldberg. This, yeah, like <laughs> this poor guy. Like you have these cage dudes who are like doing all that insane shit. Never that never happens. Yeah. And then this poor guy hits glass and like cuts his, his wrist in the midst of like his biggest push. Yeah. And what like, a great what a great character. Lucha Underground, I oh, feel, are really killing it with it. their characters. With just like story. It, yeah, I love I love that story based thing. I love the fact that they're bringing real actors. Like they're bringing Lorenzo Lamas is like now a character on it. I saw that. Yeah, I, I just love like, all the cinema, like how cinematic it is, how like artful, yeah. and like it's a totally different take on wrestling. Like my only it's critique, refreshing. yeah, my only critique is I feel like sometimes the wrestling uh, almost takes a back seat because it's just like, of course, like some some of the matches aren't exactly like I don't want to say five star classics, but it's just like flippy shit yeah <laughs> which I, yeah. I i don't mind i like flippy shit like i'll take flippy shit over gore anytime but of course like a mild but ultimately i really enjoy lucha underground there's so much good wrestling right now i feel it's almost too hard to keep up with with between yeah. that new japan is it's killing evolved. it yeah evolve i'm actually going to an evolve show this weekend the one with the two oh, cruiserweight things uh, and i'm really pumped for that yeah that's gonna be a, yo that card is sick that's gonna be sick yeah, it's really interesting, like this underbet, like this underground scene in pro wrestling now of like these guys who are really, really good, and like you know, in two or three years they're going to be all over WWE and, yeah. and NXT, and like just watching them bloom. Like my favorite wrestler right now in the independent scene is Ricochet, who I feel could oh, be unreal. Yeah, he could be a top star in WWE right now, but like beyond yeah. him, I feel like guys like Zack Saber Jr. and Chris here, like there's so many great wrestlers on the independency that's stronger than ever. How crazy is it that like again, dude, another inspiration, like the fact that like Chris Hero is like, okay, you you are you were in NXT, you know, whatever. Yeah, you instead got your of shot. like instead of like just getting out and getting the paycheck, he gets out of NXT and right now at 
I think he's 34, 35. He's having the best fucking matches of his life. Yeah. He is incredible. Right? I mean, he's always been incredible, but, like, right now, Chris Hero is so fucking good. Like, and he can have, dude, I've seen him have, like, him versus Zack Sabre Jr. I've seen, but that, him, dude, it's on YouTube right now. Go watch Pentagon Jr. versus uh, Chris Hero, AIW. And, oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize that was on YouTube. Yeah, I got to check. Like, Pentagon Jr., that's another guy who's, like, amazing. Like, one of my – instantly became one of my favorite wrestlers because he's so fucking charismatic and great. Dude, he wrestles like New Japan uh, 94. Yeah. And and he can do high spots, too. I feel like that's – it's kind of interesting, too, like how, like, modern wrestlers, like, everyone has a high spot now. Everyone has, like, a flip or something where, like, before guys wouldn't leave the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, it's funny too, because like you'll get guys like um, all the time. Like you'll hear like th- like, like this weekend, um, one of my trainers, uh, Mikey Every Night. He he's like a littler dude, and he wrestled this guy named Asylum, who's been around but in the, in our area for a while. He's done some WWE stuff too, um, and literally like before the match, like they didn't call anything. Like Asylum just looked at him and was just like, "Hey man, let's go out there and have a good one." Like, that was the call, and they just did everything on the wing, and, and, and they just won everything, and, like, it was awesome. Like, they had a great match, and, like, nothing was called. Like, they, they did everything, and then they did old, it was, like, old Memphis style. Like, there was some comedy, and, like, you know, a lot, of, you know, they did a good amount of chain in the beginning, and then it was just a good classic match. There was no, like, the real big high spot, they ended with a powerbomb, and, like, that was it. It was That's super cool, good. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite recent matches that I saw was actually, speaking of Chris Hero, he wrestled Jack Evans, I believe, at, like, Battle of Los Angeles, it was? Yeah, I was there. Oh, really? Oh, I want to go to PWG so bad. I want to fly out it, so bad. Okay, let's just talk about that for a second. Yeah. So, like, do you remember the first show you ever went to? Like, the first band, live. like, live metal yeah. or hardcore or whatever, like... Remember the feeling you had where you yeah, were yeah. kind of dangerous and like you just want, you were, you picked up any flyer that was on the ground because you needed to go to it again. <laughs> right, right, right. So I went to um, uh, DDT. It was the, the tag team tournament. That was the first PWG I went to. Okay. And Team Tremendous wrestled. It was Team Tremendous versus Beaver Boys, the first match. And, like, the whole match kind of goes, and you're right there. Like, you're, you know, you've obviously seen it. So, like, if they go out, you're getting hit. Like, yeah. you have to move, right? Yeah, and, there's, there's no barrier separating yeah. the crowd from the, the fan, uh, the, the wrestlers. Yeah. And they were, like, doing some high spots or whatever like that. And, like, you know, Bill Carr would get in the ring, and, like, he never really hit the ropes. He just kind of stayed in the middle, and, like, uh, he would do that boss man side, sidewalk slam and, uh, he did a few moves, got out, blah, blah, blah. Dan Barry goes in, starts doing all this flippy stuff, blah, blah. And then everybody's on the outside. Now Big Bill is the only one in the ring. Now Bill is like, if anyone knows who Bill Carr is, Bill Carr's about 6'6 six, six and probably goes about 3. I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> I would say about 320 or 330. That's safe. Hopefully he's like 350, and I'm, I'm giving him some on this one. Uh, but he fucking hits the ropes and when he hit the ropes so hard it was like i got that feeling of like when i was a kid at that punk rock show where like it felt so unsafe 
but I was so into it. Like it was like ramp, and you heard that like clink of the ropes like like tightening, oh, and then he he flipped over the top rope onto the dudes on the ground, and you could feel the ground shake. And I was like, done. This is it. This is this is the best wrestling I've ever been to. Like this is it. I need to go to as many of these as I possibly can. And then when I went to Bola, it just that was it. Yeah. Just like yeah, this is this is wrestling like here. What's interesting, like, uh, what I can compare it to is, like, I was a little too young to go to the ECW arena when it when it was around. But I did go to, like, one or two, I think I went to two uh, ECW shows in Queens when they did it at the Elks Lodge. Oh. And that was, like, I felt like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that, right? Like, That's, like, like, what a feeling. Yeah, like, everyone here likes wrestling just as much as I, because also back then in the, like, mid to late 90s right before the attitude era like wrestling wasn't really cool you couldn't really tell everybody you like like it was but a little looked down upon so it was no like no one f- is, no one is back in skinner right you know like, <laughs> yeah exactly or tl hopper w, yeah you're not watching we for like skinner and yeah like now i will i'll watch i will watch every skinner match but it's like <laughs> marking because it was so yeah mediocre like at that time like like Televised wrestling was just so mediocre, and WCW was great. Like, yeah, like, agreed. They were doing really cool stuff at that time because they were just giving guys chances that normally wouldn't give chances. Yeah. But once you see ECW, and like, it, it was almost like I, I, I honestly like, like talking to dudes that wrestled at that time, like Dreamer and dudes like that. Like, you hear how like Heyman just had that Kool-Aid that everybody was drinking mm-hmm. and like he would make you I mean like the way those dudes talk it's just like it's almost like those pep talks that he would give before it was like he put the brand on every dude's shoulders and said like this is yours so go out there and like go you know like like do it that is just empowering in itself and then on top of it he had the fans think that too. So if you went to an ECW card, you were like, "These are my wrestlers." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, and you'd be sad when they leave. Crazy. Yeah, like you'd be you'd be like bitter when like Raven signs for WC. Or I was I was so bummed because I was like, "Man, Raven's the fucking best." I don't yeah, but believe. then but then you were like hyped on that though. Like you were stoked yeah. that like your guy was there, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, and then you thought about the matches that could could happen. You know what I mean? Like. At that time, you know, the one guy like I loved, Shane Douglas was like it for me. Like I loved him at that time, like ECW mm-hmm. era franchise. And Douglas, yeah, he was so sick. Like, and it just his matches, everything he just had it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like to fucking go to WWE and get the fucking Dean gimmick. Oh man, that was, was brutal. <laughs> it was like I got kicked in the fucking balls. Like that was it. Yeah. And then when he came back. Candido's like up there. He's in my top five. So like when he came back and started uh, uh, was triple, triple threat. threat, yeah. Like with Bam Bam, I was like, oh my god, yeah, that like was this awesome. guy couldn't have gotten a cooler crew. Yeah, you Bam know? Bam was and great too. Yeah, very underrated wrestler. Super underrated. Yeah, my favorite there though was Sabu. I remember the first time I saw oh. Sabu, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Where did he come from? Like. Yeah. One of the most underrated performers, I feel of all. Yeah. Like he, ne- I feel so bad for him because he like destroyed his body for like no money. 
You know, like he never yeah. cashed in. Like he had that brief run in WWE when they relaunched ECW, but that dude is a legend. Like so oh, fucking he's such good. a legend. Still a legend. Yeah. Like, um do you ever interviewed uh Jake from Converge? No, I have not. Dude, if you should try to get him on the wrestling podcast. Oh, I would that love dude, to. That dude, he is he's seen some shit. He was at um they used to do that fucking venue in Lowell. Uh, ECW used to go to Lowell mm-hmm. and do something. Right? Was it Lowell? There was there was definitely something they would do in Massachusetts. I, I want to say it was Lowell, like the Lowell Convention Center or something like that. And, Sounds about um, right. Yeah. And there was uh, – he was at this show. And I, I'm sure you've probably heard about this. Like, um, So, like, he told me – Jake told me a story, and he said that it was – it was him versus Dreamer, Sabu versus Dreamer, uh, at this convention center, and they were doing that spot where Dreamer's on the table, Sabu goes up, does the moonsault through the table. So like they were on the outside. He climbed up like a folded uh, bleacher, you know, like when bleachers are like folded up, that like yeah. ball of wood, and was gonna moonsault off that through <laughs> the table. Yeah, he's insane. So, yeah, insane, right? So like Dreamer's on the table. Sabu's climbing up. He gets to the top. He goes to 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 moonsault. Dreamer gets up. Well, when he gets up, the fucking table flips over and the fucking pegs are up. Oh shit! So Sabu goes through with it. Obviously, he's in the air. Uh, Dreamer can't move the table in time, and then the the table leg goes through his jaw. So it goes through the bottom and out his cheek. Holy and, shit! <laughs> yeah, and Jake said the crowd went dead silent like dead silent fucking Sabu pulls the fucking leg off of his face runs to the back get some dreamers. get some tape <laughs> yeah and like dreamers out there and like you know he's obviously probably he knows that Sabu's probably gonna come back and then Sabu comes back and he's got the fucking you know duct tape like hanging off his fucking head yeah and then they, they like finish the match or whatever like, wow yeah and, like, yeah broke broke his jaw or you know, whatever yeah. happened, like, but it went through him. I never heard that, but that's I. I absolutely believe it. Just watching the uh, barbed wire match he had with Terry Funk, how he just started taping himself yeah. up. Yo, like, do you remember? Do you remember seeing him throw up ever? Uh, in ECW, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't remember yeah. the match, but yeah, like he takes a he takes the guardrail. Oh fuck! It was like lethal. Uh, uh, or um, oh my god, what barely legal. It was oh, it was he a barely legal. Yeah. He took um he took the ribs or he took the the guardrail to the ribs, got in, hit the rope, slid and threw up. And it was I want to say it was against Van Dam. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It wasn't a. It was like a. It was like a EC like a house not a house show but like one of their big events at the yeah. arena. Yeah, I, I do remember now. Crazy. Uh, yeah, that was wild. That shit was like so real. Like, yeah. Why? I mean, yeah, like, and that was their their thing. Like, we have to make it look as real as possible, just because it's yeah. like we're not. It was very anti, like the the not like the non edgy image WWF was doing. But like, just yeah. going back a few minutes, we were talking about like like that first show. Like, even the beyond the ECW shows, once ECW folded, like Ring of Honor started, and I feel like that's when I was like of the age where I like really got wrestling as opposed to, yeah. or was like a super fan, not just like watching it and into the spectacle. When, what time period was that? 
Uh, this was like 2003, 2004. Okay. Like this was so like, talking, like yeah. Hero. Uh, like Hero was there. Cole Cabana was there. No, like I was no? there. I was there for CM Punk's first show with Cole, like Whoa. when CM Punk and Cole Cabana first came in, uh, and that was my first show. It was Ring of Honor Unscripted. It was at the Murphy Rec Center, which is just a fucking tiny ass gym (laughs) with no air conditioning. It's like, that's kind of why I'm so jealous of PWG because that, that Reseda Hall, the, wherever they have the shows just looks like the Murphy Rec Center to me. And I'm like, I totally know the vibe. I totally know the feeling. And it was my favorite thing to just be in there with like the most hardcore wrestling fans who like, I, I was always growing up the biggest wrestling fan I knew like all my other friends weren't into it as much as me but like going somewhere where I'm like the least (laughs) biggest wrestling fan like these guys were into every Japanese like they knew everything anyway so the show Ring of Honor Unscripted first show the opening uh, like promo was Paul London who totally underrated guy insane guy and like him and Michael Shane we're going to have, Michael Shane is the cousin of Shawn Michaels. We're going to have a, a street fight, the first street fight in Ring of Honor ever. This was their like third show. And I didn't know who these two guys were. And by the end of the match, like I, I Michael Shane was okay, but like Paul London became my favorite wrestler because he oh, did. He was insane. He did some of the craziest like flips and stunts and like. Uh, so they were working with like the psychology of the matches that they, they brought out. A, they were like trying to kill each other. They hate each other. And so yeah. they brought out a ladder and they kept doing spots on this ladder where like using the ladder as a weapon where they'd be hitting each other with the ladder. And then somebody placed the ladder like up against the, the corner and they would like, you know, uh, backflip, like, like throw someone over the, uh, over their back. So they land back first on the ladder like bending the ladder and shit. So this ladder is like fucking beat up as all hell. And I, I like just th- like talking about it now, I'm getting like so hyped up about how into <laughs> yeah. this match I was because then like like 20 minutes into these matches, these guys are fucking dead. And like like Paul London never gives up. He's like super like Ricky Steamboat baby face of like, like always, always persisting. And like, so he like opens the ladder up and like, like places it. And he starts climbing this ladder. This ladder looks like it's about to collapse. And yeah. I, and like everyone in the crowd, you know, like Philly wrestling fans are the fucking most diehard. Like they want to see blood. Yeah, they want to see death. But like everyone in this crowd was like, oh my God, what is he doing? And th- this was the birth of the please don't die chant, which is <laughs> yeah. like, like of all places for Philadelphia to show that kind of empathy, like, man, you're killing yourself. You're going to kill, like, like, don't do this. And it was, it was like, so, like, I remember the whole car ride back home, me and my friend, it was like a two hour ride. All we kept talking about was like, man, like these guys are probably making like 25 bucks and they just had the greatest match I've ever seen. Like they need to be in WWE. And like that feeling I feel is like when wrestling is at at its best. Yeah, it, you know what? It's 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 cool too. Do you remember your first wrestling friend? Like there's oh, yeah. friends, and then you have your wrestling friend. Absolutely, yeah. And then I I don't know if you've had rebirths of wrestling friends too. So like you have your very first wrestling friend, and then like you go on or whatever, right? So like like currently, Dick Justice. Super Cop Dick Justice is from Rochester, and we 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 I ride with him all the time. Like I'll just go to shows. Like 
I'm right now I'm injured, so like I I'm fucking out. So like I I can't I have a torn meniscus in my knee, so like I have to uh be I just can't wrestle. So I'll just go on trips with him and like I have my like rebirth wrestling friend where like we will fucking be on a ride for like four hours just talking about like like the dumbest shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the like the fact that like Two, like we saw two local indie guys wrestle a match that should have been on like WrestleMania, and like just tripping out that like Tim and I were the only two guys that were like yeah, freaking yeah, yeah. out, you know, like about that shit. And it's like it's so nice to like have that keep going. And like right now, like you know, out of our gym, like Pepper Parks just got signed to Impact, so like now he's just completely inspired again, and it's like so fucking amazing to see this guy that's been he's been wrestling for fucking 18 years 17 years and like you know he's got this like rebirth in him and like he's just he comes to fucking training and it's just like he's got these ideas and it's so fucking awesome to be like you know what I mean it's like see a guy just have fire you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and it's dude it's so fucking cool to like Cause there's no way he should like, dude, I'm in every time I die. And like, there's times where like, I'll see a flyer for a show we're playing. And it's like fucking like three bands that like, I don't like. And like, I'm just like, Oh God, man. Like <laughs> just get me on stage. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be around these people. I yeah. don't want to be here. I just want to play because that's like, I'll feel alive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To see like, to f- I know that feeling though. You know what I mean? When I see a flyer and there's like four bands I fucking love, I'm like, oh, this show's fucking sick. Like, I can't wait to watch these bands. Oh man, you know, like the hang is gonna be insane. Like, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and like to see like an older dude, like an older wrestler, like still have that excitement about it, it's so cool, man. And it just makes me, and I'm so bummed, dude. Like, I go to train. And I can't, I can't get in the ring. So like, I'm just there rehabbing. I like rehab my knee just so I'm around it. And, uh, and like, I'm just fucking watching these dudes. And like, I, you know, it's cool because it helps with my psychology of it. So like, I can see how they're like plotting stuff and like working on matches and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, man, just let me in there. And like, just wanna, that's just, awesome. Yeah. And it, 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 it's, it's so cool because I'm inspired on something else. It's just, I'll tell you, man, like, it's, it's so nice to have that wrestling friend and like the two, you know, the three dudes that I like, I like train with uh, are like, they're so hyped on wrestling. That's great. It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like I, I just recently, like I said, I got my friend Noah in and like a few other friends and like we've started getting together for, for the big pay-per-views and it's so much more fun to watch wrestling in a group than like watch it alone, which I was yeah, so yeah, used yeah. to doing for the longest time. Because you're gonna have that shit talk, you know. And you're gonna have people that like, like, have you ever? You should, you should have that Aubrey Sitterson dude on. Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm friends with Aubrey. I definitely want to get He's him on the, the show. Best. Yeah, He's the best. And Aubrey is like, he is the most. He watches wrestling in the most uncolored way. He is like so so positive. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Agree. and like he sees the positive in dudes. When I'm just looking at a guy and I'm just like, how is this, how is this guy getting a shot? Yeah, and like and then obviously I don't know, man. I like him. I like this guy. You know, and you're just like, what are you seeing? Yeah, he's the like, only one defending Sheamus. 
But that's <laughs> so that is so Aubrey. Um, but yeah, like stuff like that. Like, yeah. and, and it's so cool to have a group of guys to watch it in that type of capacity, where there's like guys who like like watch it and like you've seen ECW stuff. So like watching a guy go through a table in like kind of a you know he's just doing like a front bump like into a table and you're like oh okay or like <laughs> you know your friend who like just started watching it's like oh my god he just went through a table and you're like yeah yeah and it's it's kind of it's refreshing to watch in a in a group of guys like, right where they're not uh you know in where they're not just I, jaded like online wrestling fans who just read all the dirt sheets and whatever like that's what i like about it with my friends like they don't really they very passively follow the backstage stuff and they're just into the kayfabe and like rooting for the the faces yeah. and, and it is very refreshing uh, uh to do that and i want to i actually wanted to talk about uh your training a little bit because you had yeah, your, yeah. Your, you had your first match earlier this year oh yeah uh, i kind of got a bone to pick with you oh really i forgot about this oh my goodness yeah so well at first it was ryan satin so like ryan hit me up and he goes hey i want to cover your match blah blah like you know um I'm gonna hit up Smash and have him send me a, a um, like a highlight reel. Right, Smash Wrestling oh. is, is where you uh, debut. Yeah, Smash Wrestling in, in Toronto. Toronto. Like that's kind of I guess my like home promotion, I guess. So, um, so yeah, Ryan's like, oh, how'd the match go? I was like, oh, everything was great until I I like you know I I tore my meniscus like mm-hmm. in the match or whatever like that. And he goes, oh fuck, man, you got injured. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got injured, but like the match was sick, like it was great. And then. He covers it, but it's the the first thing and the only thing you see is Andy Williams hurts me during wrestling match. And then I was like, boom, and then you guys covered it the same exact way. And I was like, how is this the fucking, I don't want the fucking need to be like the, <laughs> the fucking, story. <laughs> fucking spot. And now it makes me look like a pussy. Like, you know, if you didn't watch the match or if no one watched the like highlight thing, like I still worked five more minutes with a fucking torn meniscus. I did a black hole slam with my knee not moving. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that. So I was like, God damn it. Like now there's this black cloud over this whole thing. And like, I was so bummed at that. I was like, man, these guys are covering it, but they're only covering the knee injury. They're not covering the fact that like the match was actually good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, no one's going to watch the match. They're just going to wait until the point where I hurt myself. And then, like, <laughs> And it wasn't like I hurt myself and then, like, I had to get, like, carted out or anything like that. Yeah, you made like, it through. Yeah, yeah. Like, through the match, I, like, made it through. And it, it was like, I'll, I'll, dude, I'm telling you right now. So, I, I'm on the, you know, that's, like, my, and I did, like, the, the Pythons. Like, I had, we had two matches as a tag team or whatever. But, like, yeah. you're kind of on, you have someone to hide behind, technically. It's kind of like a guitar on stage like i'm not a singer i'm never going to be a singer Mm -hmm. i have a guitar in front of me so like it's a different thing like you're a showman with something that you can hide behind so like there's flash in your hands there's not flash in like your whole body you don't have to like make the crowd you don't have to like really take the crowd in you know what i mean as a guitar Mm -hmm. player or like a singer has all that on their fucking shoulders yeah yeah, a bit of a crutch so now it's like when you're in a solo match or a singles match, you have to play all the facets of what this is. So, like, you have to entertain, you have to be a badass, you have to, like, kick ass. At the same time, you have to, like, 
remember to like make it look like you're getting destroyed. But then at the same time, you have to make yourself look strong. And like, you know, there's just all these things that have to kind of go through your head. And, and, and I'm sitting there in, in, uh, kayfabe, kayfabe. Uh, I'm sitting back there and like Tarek's like going through, we're going through the match and like, uh, and I'm, and I'm, he's like, dude, you're, you look real nervous. I'm like, dude, I'm so nervous. Like I, you know, and the, I hurt my knee three weeks before. So like, I you're already going knee. in with a busted knee. So it's yeah, already and like yeah. I hit him up and I said, Hey man, check this out. Like these movements are what makes my knee lock up. So like, if we can stay away from these movements, totally fine and he worked a match out that was like insane the guy was he's a genius I, I i want everything good to happen to Tarek. he's so good so um yeah he just worked this match out. i was sick it was like you know brawling on the outside and and, and whatever and there was a backstory of me and him hating each other anyways and, and uh and yeah it, it was whatever so like getting to it all like jesse or well, pepper parks and all those dudes that i trained with they're like dude like once you get out there, like, it is only you and him. You won't even notice the crowds even there. And I was like, okay, whatever, you know. And I've been in that, like, situation where, like, every time I die, you just kind of get in that, like, mind frame. And then, like, you don't even know there's a crowd there. You're just riffing, you know. Uh, and it was the same thing, man. Like, I, dude, I was trembling, waiting in the ring, waiting for, like, his music hit. Oh my God, here it comes. I'm going to fuck everything up. I'm going to fucking break my neck. You know, so I'm going to shit my pants. You know, I'm going to pee. Like uh, everything is like going through your head. And then like he stepped in the ring and then boom, like I just, everything went away. And then it's awesome. just like, boom, you're just in like this. <sighs> Again, man, here I go with this like new age shit, but like this like Zen <laughs> feeling of like, it's just him and I. Yeah. No, I you totally know? get it. Is it? Could it you, was wild. How would you compare it? Because you know you're you're one of the very few wrestler rock stars, <laughs> you and Chris Jericho. <laughs> How would you compare yeah. it to uh, uh, playing a, a, a rock, like playing a, a show with Every Time I Die? Is is there a comparison there or? No, not really? I mean, yeah and no. Like, uh, um, Every Time I Die is a, a very like, I, I guess it's a little more visceral. It's a more of a, a like a feeling where there's not like a a science to it. I, I guess there is kind of a science to it, but there's not like a conscious science. It's not like you have to like write these things down and say like, okay, you know, like these are the things we need to do on stage to like get the crowd over. Right. You know, it's just something we've just always done. There's mm -hmm. never talk. It's not like, Hey Jordan, like you need to throw up or like, you know, like stuff <laughs> like that. Like, um, you just kind of like get out there and like, I think that the warm up is exactly the same. Like the, like getting yourself hyped up to play in front of a crowd and like, just get yourself kind of in that like, it's almost like an energy drink, but like not an energy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're like getting yourself to that hyped point of like, here we go. You know what I mean? And then like you step out on stage, like the crowd pops the exact same way. And then like, you know, there's songs that you have to think about and then there's songs like a bowl of ammo where it's like you've been doing it for so long that it's like second nature like i could play a song in my sleep you know mm -hmm. but wrestling you're constantly thinking like you know it, it's just think 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 and then like um you kind of have to have like three brains you have to have an entertainment brain you have to have a safe brain and then you have to have like a get yourself over you know brain where it's right, like yeah. 
you have to play the crowd at the same time, like entertainment or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's it's so wild, man. Like, yeah, I didn't even think about that. There's so much to think about while you're in the ring. Yeah. Uh, beyond just like hitting your move, it's like how are you looking? Like, are you exuding the confidence that you need to yep. provide? I can't even imagine. Like, I did one day of wrestling training like ten yeah. ten years ago, and first of all, like all I did. I remember, I remember it so vividly because I was like, I'm going to do this. And there was like a, a tiny, there was like a wrestling gym that also did shows out of the gym yeah, uh, yeah. in Queens. Uh, it was called the Dog House. Uh-huh. And uh, actually Homicide trained there. He was like that's the main so trainer. Uh, him yeah. and Loki, like that's kind of the, the place that they that's came the out thing. of. And Loki was already like kind of established on the indies and homicide as well, but like the guy there, you know, the foreman of the gym or whatever, he wasn't he wasn't going anywhere. Anyway, so like he he like he was like, yeah, you can come in and do some training for a day, and I paid the fee and whatever. And you know, I'm I'm totally out of shape at this point, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna do it. Like I want to do this. This is so fun. And I believe this was like right after Tough Enough yeah. <laughs> premiered. So I kind of saw that, and I was like, like I kind of knew what I was getting into, but not really. And I just yeah. remember the first bump that I took where they, you know, they're like, you know, fall flat on your back, like, and, and, you know, lift your head up. And I remember it hurt so much. <laughs> like, like the pain that I felt was like, like I ran full speed ahead into a truck. <laughs> into a truck, yeah. Yeah, like, and it wasn't like I didn't even hit my head or anything, just my back. Yeah. And then they made me do like 10 more of those. Then, then I remember it was like the doing the rolls, just doing the somersaults across the yep. ring, and then having to stand up again. And, and I remember when, when they were showing me how to do it, I was like, there's no way I could do this. <laughs> there's no yeah, way yeah. I could somersault and stand up. The what? Did you get the spins? Do you remember getting the spins? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I was like, I, it, I have never been more sore than the day after yeah. I did. I remember I had to take the train home, like public transportation, the subway. I couldn't even, like, it took me forever to climb up the stairs to get to the train. Because yeah. I was so, it was so eye-opening. It made me gain so much respect. And it made me realize, like, I I do not have the willpower for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll that's, just... like the, that's, the, that's like the thing, like a big thing, man, like where, like, our trainers will do, like, open tryouts and shit like that for the gym. So yeah. Like, dudes want to come in and do stuff. And, um, you know, like they come in, they're like, and the first thing, very first thing out of their mouth is like, Hey, check it out. Like some of you guys are wrestling fans and some of you guys are students. And like, that's like the biggest thing where it's like, if you're a student, you'll get through that shit and you just want to learn. And then there's like fans who are like, they just want to be John Cena and they go in there and they, they expect you to call like a match the first day you're there. Right, right. And they don't realize that, like, these dudes are literally going to see what kind of heart you have, you know, and they're going to try to break you. And, like, the guy that comes to the second, like, thing, like, you kind of see heart in that guy. And then the guy that's in the third, you're like, okay, this is life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, abso- I absolutely know you what you mean. Fuck down, man. Yeah. Like, it's fucking wild. It's, it's so like, much harder than, than oh, it looks. You know, like people, you know, the whole misconception, oh, it's fake, whatever. It's like, it's not fake, it's choreographed, but you're yeah. fucking hurting yourself. It hurts. You know, um, you know that guy, Brendan Schaub, the UFC fighter? Mm-hmm. But he was in the UFC. He's got a he's got a podcast called Fighter and the Kid. And uh, it's him and this, this, this comedian named Brian Callen. It's a great podcast. The podcast is awesome. 
And Brendan Schaub always fucks with people when they say they're pro wrestling fans. And because he fought in the UFC and he's like, yeah, I'm going to go fake fight, blah, blah. And like dudes like that, I'm always like, hey, just like go to the first day of training. Yeah. And just see how your body feels. Right. And like, you know, like going through the roles, like doing all that shit, like it's probably similar to MMA training, but like you're not, like you're not back bumping over and over again. And like your body, I know there's just like a different kind of trauma. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that MMA training is like, I'm just, I want those dudes to feel the comparison and go like, oh, okay, I think I can get a little respect out of this. Yeah, yeah. My body feels the exact same way after I'm done doing like MMA training. Obviously, like MMA is like extremely more dangerous than than pro wrestling is. Uh, you're getting punched and kicked and you know, fucking slammed and all that shit. Yeah. But like, it's I, I I think that those dudes would get a respect for it if they like went and did actual training and like, right. tried to actually plan a match out like and did it that way. Like it's 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 wild. Then get graded after. Like, that's basically what you have to do is like, you get great. I remember I had up because like in training, like once you get to a certain point, um, you'll go a day where like a bunch of the dudes come, like a bunch of guys will come and like, you kind of warm up and then like head trainer will like call a match or like a card. He'll be like, Hey, you're going against this guy. You're going against this guy. And then he'll say like, Andy, like you're winning uh, clean. You know, and this one day I got matched up with this kid that was like six six, and probably like three twenty. I mean, it was huge, like just a, a kind of like a uh, boss man like type figure. And um, I'm like, great, this is gonna be awesome. I can do fucking Hogan Andre. You know, like <laughs> we get eight minutes. It was like six to eight or something like that. And I'm like, I can do Hogan Andre. Like this is like the perfect match for it. You know, like two immovable forces you know like yeah. here we go and then like the big you know he just keeps bumping me over and over again and then the big thing is me slamming on bam you know and then go for the pin the first thing out of the kid's mouth is like hey man i don't really want to take a bump and like i don't feel really confident like slamming you and i was like well what are we going to do then <laughs> like, <laughs> like what is this match going to be like whatever and like he starts saying the shit. He's like, I'll go to the top rope. I'll do this, blah, blah, blah. I'll do this. I'm going to hit the ropes. I'll do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, you're 6'6". Six, six. You're the biggest guy here. You're not doing any of that. That is insane. Like, what you're talking about, like, psychology-wise, it doesn't work. Like, it, you know, I'm like, we need to just, I'm a power guy. You're a power guy. And, like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, we called this, like, super simple match. I'm like, now we have to finish. And I'm like, just bump me somehow. And then... I'll like roll you up. You know what I mean? Like something like that. And he goes, Oh, that's great. And I'm just like, we're going to get yelled at. <laughs> and he's like, why are we going to yell at him? Like, cause you're not slamming me and I'm not slamming you. There's no moves. Like we're basically just working an old Memphis match and like, there's nothing to it. There's not even comedy to it. Like yeah. I'm big and you're big and it's nothing just is happening. Yeah. It's, it sucks. You know? And, like, we're not even chopping each other. Like, nothing is happening. Like, this dude doesn't want to do anything. So I'm just like, ah, okay. So we do it. And he goes, no, we're not going to yell that. I swear to God. It'll look, it'll look good. I'm just like, all right, man, whatever. <laughs> so sure enough, like, we do this thing. He double axe handled me. I face bump. He goes to the crowd and starts playing the crowd. I Cena up, get behind him, fucking roll him up, pin him, blah, 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 go out of the ring. 
and uh, like I powder like right away and then like immediately the whole, everybody's just like boo that match sucked like why didn't you fucking slam him we're all fucking sitting here waiting for you to slam him and I go I don't know man tell him why didn't I slam you I didn't want to get pumped uh. like, come on man and then sure enough like the fucking trainers are just like why a roll up why a roll up and I'm just like I, talk to him man that's what I, I kind of I, you know that's how we had to finish the match he didn't want to do anything and I told him I was like dude just fucking throw I don't give a fuck slam the shit out of me yeah, you need a good dance partner to have a good match. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's that's a hundred percent like the thing. And like the thing is, though, man, is like you have to do that though. Like, you, if you want to, like anyone that if you're listening to this podcast and you're like thinking about getting into wrestling, go and train with as many body types as possible. And you have to like learn how to do it with everybody. If there's a fucking little guy, make that little guy look like the most athletic guy in the fucking earth. Yeah, because uh, it only make you look better exactly. to have a good match. That's, that's yeah. exactly it. And you you should want to work with everybody. You should want to work with every single type of body type, and you'll learn just way more. It's just like a psychology thing. That's just the way it is, you know. Yeah. Um, but like the, that's it's it's like anything. Like you know, with guitar playing, you want to play with as many different guitars as possible, you know, because you're gonna find the one one day that's gonna like you're going to get it. And then you're going to know what kind of body type you want to work with in the ring, you know, where it's like, Oh, I know I'm going to have a good match tonight because this guy's like, you know, on that level of like, we're in this, we're like, our heads are in the exact same spot. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Well, we've been talking for over, <laughs> over an hour now. Like, like, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Every time you and I have ever done an interview, it always, I could talk. I mean, that's the thing, man. I like, it's, it's so refreshing to find, and, and I'm not saying that like every time I die is like my biggest passion I have, mm-hmm. but it's nice to find a passion, you know, that I was always passionate about and just find a little heart in something else. That, yeah. It's, it's awesome. I, I'm like so happy for you that you're like doing this and you're really into it. And I fully understand that it's not easy to do to put yourself out there, especially have a match yeah. and do all that stuff. And I want to note that I looked it up, and my headline was every time what? I dies, Andy Williams loses his pro wrestling debut match. Okay, 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 okay. I made no uh, mention. <laughs> I don't remember. No, it's Metal Sucks. Okay, it was Metal yeah. Sucks. Did. I think Metal Sucks did. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I believe that, and okay. I, I would gladly pass along the shit that you give them. <laughs> okay, good, good. You should do that. I think uh, that's. I think it was Metal Sucks. That, yeah. that, I think they just took the Ryan Satin headline and just – ran with that God. but i love uh, and i love all the power moves that you did i watched some of the clips of just like the choke slam on the apron and all that stuff yeah. cool stuff. like you have a, a great look for wrestling and and i truly hope you uh you have a, a career a career path similar to that of diamond dallas page who started late Me and too, eventually... man. he didn't win a title until he was 39 yeah so you still got some time yeah and that was something like it's funny too because a lot of people hit me up they're like are you really gonna wrestle in like pants in a, sh- in a shirt and I was like, no, man, it was supposed to be like a street fight. I had to fight him. And I was all I was thinking about was like Bughouse Buck and like dudes like that. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, when like remember when like Malone came out, like like Carl Malone came out, he was like in fucking like Jeez. black pants and yeah. like he had his fist taped up. Like that's what I was thinking of. Like so, these dudes like smash and build it up. Like here's this guitar player from this band that's wrestling now. And I was like, I'm totally gonna do an like a an homage of like all the fucking weirdos that like got into wrestling for like one match or whatever. Yeah. 
So, like so do you have do you have tights? Or, or do you have I'm like... gonna do yeah. I'm gonna do like trunks and uh, I'm gonna do trunks and I, I like um I like Roderick Strong's boots, the little boots. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do little boots, which they get shit every single time. Like Roddy wrestles, like tiny boots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, when, when you say like, trunks, do you mean like 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 brief cut or shorts yeah. cut? Yeah. Oh, you're going brief for it. Cut. I'm gonna go brief cut. Yeah. Nice. Of course, man. You got to. Yeah. The traditional the the traditional look. <laughs> yeah, knee braces and then like not knee braces. So I'm gonna wear knee, knee pads. pads. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the tiny boots with like white uh, white socks, like pulled up with black stripes. Make it look real, kind of old school. Brutal. I like it. I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah it's gonna be fun, man. I'm, I'm, I'm real excited about it. I'm, I'm really excited as well, and I'm also excited that we spent an hour and barely talked about your band. Every time I die. <laughs> hey, but that's what it's about. Who cares? Yeah. We just had a new. We just recorded a new record. If that's what you want to get at. We just recorded a new record uh, with Will Putney. Um, it's gonna come out this year. Uh, there he is. He's growling. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's coming out this year. Okay, guys. Um, we got Warp Tour coming up. Oh, so you're going to be busy all summer. Is there going to be any wrestling? Is there going to be any wrestling on Warp Tour? Are they going to have any luchas that you Dude, can I'm do? fucking bummed. Dude, there usually is because I yeah. did that stuff, and I, that ISW is what I did. We wrestled as pythons for them, okay. and now it's um, it's not. Uh, they're not doing it this year. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. You guys should. I feel like there's really something in like a rock and wrestling tour. Like a, 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 I mean, I guess I'm seeing it all over now. Like NXT is playing like Download Festival and they're doing festivals and there's like other promotions at like the big destination festivals. I think it makes sense. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Like down, Download Festival last year did the progress stuff, which was insane. Like the matches that happened at that thing were progress is so underrated. And I'm glad that they're getting that global cruiserweight thing because it's such a fucking good promotion and mm-hmm. like real dudes come out of that place. Yeah. Tommy End, Zack Saber Jr., Marty Skrull, uh, fucking Mark Andrews, like that place. Like England, I, I think right now, like England is Japan in the '90s, like four wrestlers now. Right. And you also, know, I, wanna... and what I love too is that like they're all kind of like smaller guys. You know they're yeah. they're all like two hundred pounders, but they're fucking in the main events. Like like size is no longer an issue, which I think was I stupid it. to begin with. Yeah, dude, like I said, Japanese. It's, it's Japan in the nineties. Like none yeah. of those dudes were fucking overly big, and then the white dudes that came from the states were the big guys. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. Um, it's just really good, man. And this year, downloads doing WWE. So yeah, I mean, what a step. I mean, not saying like progress, but now it, I guess. WB's helping progress with the cruiserweight, that global cruiserweight thing, or taking some of the wrestlers. So, right, yeah, it's like a farm system almost now. Yeah, for WWE, it's cool, man. Awesome. Like, I love, I, I, I just, you know, I, a lot of people dog the WBE, but like, I mean, right now they're helping so many people. Yeah, they're keeping so many places in business, and they're helping the whole wrestling scene, which I think is so huge. And I really feel like Great. right now is like the best time for the best time it's been for wrestling since 2001 when like wcw and ecw folded yeah yeah well hey check it i got your number Uh you text me text me and let me know how that uh how that um evolve show i will definitely tell you because what is that's the hot sauce hot sauce is going against uh well tracy williams is going against um 
fuck who is he wrestling? Is he I wrestling Zack Saber? Uh, I, I get that. Hold on, I have the card. It's definitely I know T.J. Perkins is a T.J.P. He's in like uh, one of the qualifiers for the tournament, and then uh, Zack Saber is also there. Scroll is there, I believe. Oh no, Zack Saber's fa- facing Marty Scroll. That's what it is. Man, you are a lucky man. Uh, Tracy's that facing matches. Drew Gulak. That's that's the other. Uh, yeah, thing. those dudes are. It's it, it, you're. It's gonna be you're fun. Lucky right now. I'm, I'm going excited. to House of Hardcore. I'm going to House of Hardcore that day. In, oh, in nice. Toronto. That or, should be fun. Really. Yeah, that should yeah, be fun as well. Yeah. Though, yeah, it's crazy how those are like the legend, the ECW legends on top, and then they have like really good indie guys on the in the mid card. Yeah. So I'm all about that. Awesome. <laughs> Andy, thank you so much for hanging out on the Squared Circle Pit. This is officially the longest. Interview hey. and also the most in depth. Uh, like the other guy, I, I, this is only like episode five, and, yeah. and I've had like Jamie from Hatebreed, Mike from Killswitch, and, and they only really talk about, they only really follow WWE and NXT. So it's yeah. been awesome to like really dive deep hey. into the underground of pro wrestling. Anytime you want to do it, I'm I'm game. I'll do it anytime you need a guest. We will definitely. Um, I definitely want to have you back on. Maybe like in the future, we could do like pay per view recaps or something like that, where we could have I would you, love maybe that. some other guy. Yeah, that'd be I really fun. Alive. Awesome, man. Andy, thank you so much. Yeah. We definitely got to catch a wrestling show one of these days together. Please, we go to... dude. Because I, sometimes I'll go to CZW with uh, one of my trainer, Pepper. He, he always wrestles for CZW. Mm-hmm. And usually, like, if he does it, he'll do matches in that area. Like, he usually, what is it? Uh, what's the one that um, Sam Roberts always Oh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate, I believe. Or yeah, I think he's it's wrestled for that. that a few times too. Dude, let me know. Let me know when you're in the area, when you're coming downstate, and I will. Total, I'll come out to a CCW show. Yeah, uh, dude, it's it's cool. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Definitely, cool, man. Yeah. Well, thanks again. I'm gonna anytime, man. We literally could not stop talking about wrestling when I ended the interview. When I stopped the recording, we actually ended up talking for another twenty or thirty minutes. Uh, about all this other stuff. Andy Williams, Every Time I Die. Great dude. Great wrestling fan. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed being a part of that. We'll be back again in two weeks. And of course, you can always keep up with the Squared Circle Pit on Facebook or on Twitter. I love all the feedback you guys are sending me. If if you dig what what you hear, it's awesome to hear a a Facebook message or a tweet. really means a lot to me. Great to know people are listening and enjoying. Of course, we're on Twitter at Squared Circle Pit, no E in circle, or you can tweet me at Rob Injection, and there is a Squared Circle Pit Facebook page as well. I'll see you again in two weeks. Until then, stay metal, stay kayfabe. I don't know. <laughs>